0: It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. Yo, welcome to episode 45 of the Joint Practices Podcast, we are live from the 726 studio, and I gotta say, it is a 3-0 for the JPP squad kind of week. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter at 11thegoat. Also with me, both the Steve Steven and Steve. You guys, we're all winners this week.
1: It's weird.
0: Green Bay's 1-0, and, and who would have thought? The first team to hashtag
2: get baked would be the Browns. We're going to get into that
0: tonight. Yes, we are. But first, we have a small JPP announcement to make. We're going to go to two shows a week, guys. How do you feel about that? Oh, my God. Perfect timing.
1: Yeah, I love it. Just seemed like the things.
0: right thing to do. I mean, we added Steve this year in the Vikings, which, you know, is we knew was going to you know, kind of extend the episodes a little bit. But then when we added an AFC team, sometimes we just ramble and it gets out of control. And nobody wants to listen to a two-hour podcast. So we're going to split it up. On this episode, you'll hear us recap the week one victories and loss for the Browns. We will get through all that. We'll give our studs and duds. We'll do a little news. Then on the next show, we will preview week two. Spoiler alert, we have some JPP bloodshed going down, but we will also do the pick'em. All right, so, Stephen at Stephen on the Twitter and Soupy's at The Knock says, you guys want to get into some news?
2: Yeah, we can't really do a JPP episode anymore without talking about Antonio Brown, so when we last left off... He was on the Raiders, and he was upset about something else, and now he's not on the Raiders, and he's not upset anymore. Does any part of you think this isn't a conspiracy? Like, he was going to New England the whole time. Pittsburgh clearly wasn't going to trade him. And so he went to Oakland. He gets frostbite because he steps on a Popsicle or something, and then his (laughs) helmet doesn't fit
0: right. There's
2: no way he didn't. He had $30 guaranteed. There's no way this wasn't a plan the whole time.
1: I think maybe when he got there, he realized it wasn't exactly the spot he wanted to be at. So Drew Rosenhouse is a bit of a slimy bastard. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, they came up with, you know, some sort of plan like this where he's just a headache and then ask for his release and call him a cracker. Yeah, the team's finally like, all right, well. There's nothing we can do anymore. You clearly don't want to be here, and we don't want to listen to it anymore. So,
2: I feel like Rosenhaus is the NFL equivalent of, and his name escapes me, but a Rod's manager. Manager you know what talking he's about his agent, the guy who, who,
0: um, in the commercials,
2: no, Alex no. Rodriguez.
0: You know <sighs> no, who you he's remember? talking about um, the baseball agent that everybody yeah. has. That Kobe he's L.'s a to. Oh, Scott Boris. Scott, <laughs> Boris. Scott Boris.
2: Sounds like a Kardashian's character, but... You
0: know. <laughs> yeah. That's uh Mr. Scott Burris. It, Summer I, 1975.
1: It was funny because everybody was kind of like joking. Oh, he's just going to end up on the Patriots after the Raiders released him. And it was like later that day you get the notification. New England has offered him, what was it, $15 million? Yeah, Or yep. like up to 15 the contract could be worth. Uh, I mean... If he is a Looney tune, he's not going to last more than five minutes in New England.
2: Oh, and you know he's got a super short leash between Belichick and Brady. Hey, did you hear? Yeah. Apparently, somebody, a reporter asked Brady about Antonio Brown staying with him. And Brady says, I don't remember bringing that up publicly. And I was like, oh, well, there's strike one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just them getting into his business. Uh, but, I mean... We now have these allegations that are flying around. We'll wait to see how that plays out for him, but so that's a it's a bad start <laughs> for him in a, in New England, you know. And they once they signed him, they had cut and re-signed Demarius Thomas. Uh, He's since been traded to the Jets for a sixth round pick. So and that tells you, know, you they're
2: all in on AB.
1: Yeah, and if something does, you know, come of this these allegations in this story, um, <laughs> they might lose out on everything. So, and, you Gotta know, let like, it burn. Yeah, we'll see what happens. This is, I mean, the way that the Patriots played on Sunday night, if they're going to add Antonio Brown, this is just going to be stupid to watch. So, I mean, the Steelers look terrible, but that offense was just like a well-oiled machine once again. And now you're going to add one of the best receivers <laughs> in in the league to that. it's I mean, that's just crazy.
2: You think he'll put up Randy Moss numbers? Randy Moss New England numbers?
0: No, I think he'll spread work. the ball around enough. But, you know, the
1: way that he was targeting Dorsett, the Brady was targeting Dorsett, like, he he fit in that role no problem. So, I mean, they clearly show that they've got guys that can do all sorts of different things. Um, but... Man, they just dominated that game. That was, I was, I was liking my Super Bowl pick, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, it didn't look like you were going to be wrong, did it? Um, Steve, remember that awesome kicker you guys had that crushed all those field goals, including the one that was like 86? Oh no, that guy missed them all, didn't he? Yeah. So, uh, Vedvik, he missed uh, the P A T Corey? There you go. Sorry, I was looking at that going, if it's Carey, I'm going to feel like an asshole, but I'm going (laughs) Corey. So he missed the PAT and a field goal in a one-point loss to Buffalo. The Jets blew it like a 14—they gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter, so it's not all on him, but I still don't think I've seen him make a kick. So the Jets go out, and they picked up Sam Ficken, who was formerly of Green Bay, and I think he was the backup kicker for the Rams as well before that, so— Jet's freaking nose. Was he the one that you said had a cartoon nose? <laughs> Dude, it's like a Pringles can taped to his face. It's weird. Oh, Squidward? Look... Squidward. Squidward. Yeah, Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> so Jet's wasting no time trying to turn that ship around. Yeah, that
1: was a real interesting game too, um, but
2: Battle of the uh, Awful Quarterback.
1: I tell you what, the way that uh. Dan Bailey handled his business on Sunday. Give me a little bit of hope. You know what else gives me hope? Watching some of these wide receivers this week, like Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown, like these guys just stepping up and uh, putting up godly numbers. Remember when they said uh, Lamar Jackson wasn't a throwing quarterback? Oh, man. I I know the Dolphins are dog shit, but... Holy smokes. He I love was Lisa
0: Lamar. That was a nice chucking watch in it, man. Chucka chucka chucka.
1: Any other quarterback
0: news going on there, Sean? Oh my god. My heart is broken right now for my man Nick Foles. Suffers a broken clavicle. It's not the first time he's broken it either. But he is out indefinitely. They put him on IR. That means the soonest he could come back is week 11. So, it looks like it is the Gardner Minshew down in Jacksonville. Predicted Uh-oh. no one ever. <laughs> Uh-oh. I know. He looked pretty decent in his play. I mean, he got boat raced by the Chiefs, but what did you expect when you put him in there against the Chiefs? Yeah, right.
2: Didn't expect him to do as well as he did, and we'll get into that a little bit later. He might That's- be on a list. It's
0: not all time for that list. No, oh, Mandy, <laughs> relax. You're gonna have to wait. <laughs> yeah, BDN is broken.
2: Yeah, and that, not that his was BD, suck, that just out. his he clavicle.
0: Really and he went out throwing a dime.
2: <laughs> yeah, I still uh, haven't he,
0: seen that throw, but Cody. That, that throw is nuts. It nasty. It was nuts. Oh man. You know what else is nuts? At the home of a division rival? I thought you were going to like, what's nuts? (laughs) Because I was trying to set you up there, and you're both fucking sleeping on the microphone. So anyways, Bears and the Packers played a snooze fest. Go ahead, Steven. Hey, are you sitting down for this? (laughs) Because
2: we got a defense now. I was going to drop a hard F there, but I decided not to at the last second. (laughs) So I just fffed into the mic. You puss, wimp. Sean, last week you talked about David Montgomery, <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, I was real worried about him. But we held all of Chicago to just 46 rushing yards, no touchdowns. Trubisky, 228, no touchdowns. We have a defense now. He had Trubisky had that one interception, um, at the end by Amos, and I'll tell you that felt so good. Like, there wasn't a better person on the field to to intercept the ball or to to come up with a huge play to save the game right there because Chicago was driving, and he put that ball just a little bit too far into the corner. Amos picked that up. We also he, talked. That oh, was a ahead. bad throw. That yes. was just well, a he, dumb yeah. throw. Mitchell threw it. Of course, it was bad.
0: Mitchy football.
2: F- yeah, Mitchy can't throw the football. We talked about uh-huh. Roger's potential ring rust, and he showed that he definitely had it. It wasn't a. It wasn't a hot start. In my in my notes, I was a little bit worried. I loved that they started off. Lafleur came out on the field. He starts off with two runs to Aaron Jones, which, I feel like that's a personal signal. Like he's like, hey, I've been listening to the podcast. Big fan. I agree. We got to use Aaron Jones more. So I appreciate that. But as a whole. Other than that one drive, the whole offense struggled. Rodgers just he kind of missed some passes, like he did last season. The O line struggled, but you know that's to be expected when you're you're going up against Khalil Mack and all of his best friends. And like Bach had two holding calls, he had two all of last year.
0: Well, there's two things that we will probably bring up with each one of these games we're about to talk about. Well, the first one is how we're judging teams week one. I just don't think we can make like expectations or assumptions for the whole year based on these days because the Packers are going to get it together on offense. The Bears will get it together on offense. The part of this that bleeds into like what we're going to talk about with Philly and the Browns is how... The preseason, you know, we talked on this podcast time and time again, how we should get rid of the preseason. And we talked about doing just joint practices and, but I'll tell you what, the Eagles looked rusty, the Packers looked rusty, the Bears looked rusty, the Browns, you know, all these teams that sat, go on their starters, they all came out looking sluggish, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not going to stick all season. The Packers, Rodgers is going to get his feet right. A lot of those throws he made, like way his mechanics were way off. Just bad throws at people's feet, off his back foot. You know things you're not used to Aaron Rodgers doing, and not you know making some kind of play. I mean, those are just bad throws. Right, but they had that. We'd like, rather second have him and
2: hit him at the feet than airmail it across the middle and into someone's arms.
0: Well yeah, but it was still it was a bad bad performance from him just from like a quarterbacking standpoint. And you know that won't stick. You know he'll no. get it together. And it is like one thing we should I think we should talk about is the preseason. Do you still feel the same way that these the starters shouldn't play? You don't want your starters to play? No, you know what? I don't anymore.
2: I'd actually like to see him play at least a game. Not the whole game, because they never would, but I don't know if missing all four is the way to go.
1: I liked what the Vikings did with their offensive starters for the most part. Uh, You know, the starters were one, they did one series, first game, two series, second game, and one series in the third game, and then they sat out the fourth. And so that at least gets them a little bit of a a look into, you know, how the offense is going to operate in a game situation and try to get you a little bit more comfortable. Like... Again, it's like if you extend it past that, you just continue to increase your odds that somebody's going to end up getting hurt. And that's really all that anybody's trying to avoid in the preseason. Like, why do we get our star players hurt in an exhibition game?
0: Yep.
2: And I know this is what I'm about to say contradicts what I said either last week or the week before, but um, fuck, I just lost it. What were we talking
0: about? <laughs> Playing in the preseason? Stoney baloney. <laughs> No,
2: fuck. I had a good point, too. Yeah, it's probably the top it. of your head, bud. <laughs> oh, no, it was about not playing <laughs> in the preseason. So, like, you can go to all the camps and all the practices you want, but you're never at full speed, full contact until you're playing in a preseason game. So,
0: Not true. Not when you have joint practices because they have scrimmages, live scrimmage.
2: Yeah, but are they going full speed and trying to blast each other? Yeah,
0: they have refs there and everything. Is the is the quarterback live? Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. No, maybe you not. can't
1: hit the quarterback. He has a red shirt on.
0: Chicken
2: shit. I don't know. Answer your question. No, I. If I. If it was up to me next year, I wouldn't sit him all four games. I'd like him to play at least a little bit. At least two series. Spread it out, however you want.
1: Yeah, this game was just a. You know, you don't know if you know, the the Bears' offense is really that bad or the Green Bay's defense is that much improved or vice versa. Like, we know the Bears' defense is going to be good, but was it them being good that made Rodgers look bad or was it just Rodgers was unprepared? Like, again... There's it, so many variables. You, you, yeah, you, you mentioned it. You know, it's week one. We don't know what these teams are right now. And for Chicago to go out there and not score a touchdown on offense... To me, just as it's poor preparation, poor game planning, more than anything. I mean, <laughs> this is it's, they looked real bad uh, out there, and Trubisky looked lost, and so you'd think maybe there was some sort of a com- communication issue there between him and the coaching staff because last year he was far improved from his rookie season. So for him to come out and uh, stink up the joint there in week one it was kind of surprising.
0: And yeah. uh, this has was been a common theme in the NFL. I think coaches around the league this week one got too cute. You know, new season they have new players at certain positions, so they're trying all these new things, and they're just getting themselves in trouble because they're going a- away from what they you know should be doing the spots they should be attacking. At one point, the Bears were first and forty. That was great.
1: I, I saw a meme out there that was like Bears fans. Like, listen, we have a real quarterback now. This is no Jay Cutler-led Bears team. And then it says everybody else, and it's just a picture of the graphic, first and 40.
2: <laughs> Yo, that was three plays in a row. A holding, a legal use of hands, and offensive pass interference. Three straight plays.
1: And then on third down, they ran the play. They should have run on second down. Like, nice yeah, little yeah. screen pass, just trying to yards. pick up some yards, and maybe, you know, yeah. you have a a chance to... He won thirty yards for a first down.
0: the play calling was atrocious. I felt on both sides of the ball in the first half. Packers kind of got it together. They were able you know they had a bunch of drives stall. They only scored ten points, but they had the starts of some nice drives and it seemed like they were getting in a groove and then there's not much you can do when you play a defense like the Bears they're they're pretty stout, so you kind of expect that.
2: Things seemed different already with LaFleur. Like like I said, he already he went for Aaron Jones early and often and I liked that. And he um dude, how did I just lose that again? Oh my god, I'm dying up here.
1: Well, Ladies and me, gentlemen like, <laughs> watching Matt LaFleur out there though. Like he's a he was a real fiery guy. Like it was it was cool to watch, like for a guy that's this is his rookie season being a head coach, you know, he's out there on the field. He's, you know, getting the referees over there, explaining everything to him. You know, he's in their ear. He's making challenges. You know, he's out there telling guys when they're making mistakes. So uh, from a leadership perspective, uh, it, that was nice to see, you know, for a, a new guy to uh, to his position.
2: I mean, I did have one, one negative, which was uh, just clock management. They had to they had to use a timeout with 13 minutes left in the third. Coming back from a change of possession, like there's no excuse to not have the play in, or to have Plan B or Plan C and have to burn a timeout then. And then he you know, just, well, that that's is the issue too in those that's like, rust
1: when they have the 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 uh, change in possession or you come back from a commercial break they don't turn on the headsets until a certain point. Yeah, you will see the referee the give sideline? the give the signal. Well, they can, but a lot of the times, you know, if it's just a you know quick changeover, it's like a they're calling the play in like as they're coming in.
2: I just can't. I can't justify it. And then he had a, he had another bad challenge in the second half. So by the time we got to the fourth quarter, we had one timeout. We're gonna have to. Uh, it's just tighten that up.
1: You know what? They don't ask how. They just ask how many. So. Yeah. <laughs> ugly win but it still counts.
2: Yeah, and before I wrap up, let me just shout out my player of the game, Zadarius Smith. I saw the stat uh Peter Bukowski tweeted it. 10 quarterback pressures this week. In 9 games last season Nick Perry had 13. So, someone coming in fresh to make a, a good impression, that's, that's a solid solid start. 1 and 0, daddy.
0: And you know what the big part of that 1 and 0 if not to look too far ahead but when we do our like predictions for the divisions and stuff like when we go through like when a our team plays a good team in the division we usually think what like split like each each team wins their home game yeah well now the packers have an advantage because they have a road division win in their pocket you would you would think they have the advantage at home and it, you know as we do our predictions that that all will flip everything right there because that's the Bears losing a home win the Packers getting an extra to division win you'd think if things went how we normally project them the Bears and Vikings will split and that just gives the Packers such a leg up in the division to have that road division win. We'll see you next week. my mic bounced off my teeth. And it hurt. (laughs) That's
1: right. You got like twelve more. Hey, speaking of another NFC North team that's one to know, the Minnesota Vikings.
2: Skull
1: Vikings. Not bad. Twenty-eight to twelve win uh, at home against the Atlanta Falcons. And what did I say last episode? The keys to victory: you slow down Julio Jones, you pressure Matt Ryan.
0: The defense
1: had eleven hurries on Matt Ryan. He was
0: getting smacked They a hit him lot. seven
1: times, four sacks. Like they had eight pass deflections. Like they were they were just all over the place and all over him. And uh like I said, you get him uncomfortable, you start getting happy feet. Hopefully, you know, he's gonna make a make a bad bad throw, which he did have an interception there early on. But interception, pump block, like two short fields to start. Suddenly you're up fourteen to nothing. Um, recipe for success because that takes Devonta De Freeman basically out of the game completely. Um, as far as the Julio Jones stuff is concerned, I saw a tweet from, I think his name is Arif Hassan. Yep. He's an NFL guy. Yep. Um, his, Julio Jones's target percentage on Sunday, when Xavier Rhodes was covering him, it was 3.2%. Oh, wow. When anyone else was covering It was a 76.9%. So 77% of the time that Rhodes wasn't covering Julio Jones where, you know, they'll put him in motion or line him up in a weird spot. Uh, They were trying to, you know, use that as a mismatch and target him. Now, here's what happens. Uh, The results of that, the yards per route run while Rhodes was covering him, zero. So when Rhodes was on him, he averaged nothing when everybody else was on him it was 2.38 so whenever he did catch the ball when somebody else was covering him it was some short little over the middle he gets nothing so that was the uh the game plan i thought they needed they executed to perfection my other key was having a balanced offense oops didn't really quite pan out the way i thought it would but definitely again,
0: not in the right the same direction you think yeah. it
1: would so, I mean, you get that early 14 nothing lead on two short fields. You get a Kirk Cousins touchdown pass to uh, Adam Thielen, you know, and then a Dalvin Cook touchdown. It was like 19 yards. So suddenly you're at 14 nothing, and you're in the driver's seat now to control the ball. And they ran like crazy on this Falcons defense. So um, I said I put into question how good their defense was going to be this year compared to last year. Still doesn't look that great. Um, the offensive line, I think, did a really good job. You know, they they ran the ball 38 times. Dalvin Cook, 21 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. So he's averaging over five yards a carry. For 20 carries. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Exactly what you want to see. You know, Kirk Cousins only gets sacked once. He only got hit three times in the game, so... You only was, had 10 dropbacks. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. 8 for 10, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a rushing touchdown.
0: Um, um, point of fact, NFL.com is crediting Kirk Cousins with 98 yards of passing.
1: Okay. Whatever.
0: <laughs> I can't believe here's they a, ran the, the ball 38 times and only passed it 10. That's incredible. That, that hasn't happened in like 40 years.
1: Yeah, that was that was like a thing going on in Vikings Twitter. Most people are like Minnesota's running the ball like it's nineteen seventy two. Like, what's working. going on here? But yeah, exactly that. You know, get the early lead, you establish the run, and you have success with it. It's like, well, why change what we're doing if they can't stop it? So, yep. Um, and they really did it, a great it,
2: job of starting early and never looking back. Yeah, it,
1: like me personally, I love the way this game plan uh, this game played out, but. Do I see the Vikings winning a lot more games with Kirk Cousins only throwing the ball ten times? Probably not. Yeah. So uh, so. this this is an anomaly. This is a Christian Ponder game when Adrian Peterson (laughs) was in his prime.
0: This is what I, I was talking about earlier, though. With you can't judge either team really on this performance because it's such an anomaly for both of them. Like the Falcons' offense won't be this stagnant long term. Well, I mean the, the And the Vikings, Vikings are going to have, gonna have had, to throw the ball. The
1: Vikings defense has always had the Falcons number though. And again, you know, Matt Ryan probably has, you know, zero uh rapport underneath him so far this year in in a live game with some of these guys, but you know, they they go into the pass game which is supposed to be what they're really good at, you know. Great quarterback, athletic receivers, and it's, you know, for whatever reason, they they can't do anything. It's like their two touchdowns were in garbage time where we're playing prevent defense. So um, for me, like, I liked what I saw from this defense and against an offense that can be explosive, you know, at the snap of your fingers. We'll cite the uh, Houston Texans and uh, New Orleans Saints game for that. Like, that's how fast Atlanta should be able to score. And they just couldn't do anything. And I think it was just that the Vikings knew, well, they're going to pass. We're going to put our best defensive back on their best receiver and then let the matchups play out from there and
0: uh, try and shut them down. And they did a damn good job when it, uh, when it counted. Well, box score looking at it, I was like, well, it seems like that was an exciting game. But when you watch it, it was really just Minnesota taking advantage of Atlanta being stupid, like making bonehead plays and they just capitalized on every single opportunity it was one of those rare we can't do anything wrong type of things
1: yeah they i mean you're up 28 to nothing and the falcons just all looked deflated including their head coach like you just looked at the body language from those guys and was like well we'll try again next week yeah nothing was working yeah so i don't know it's nice to start one to know you don't have to uh don't have to start that climb early get out of the basement
0: yep and uh, you know at the end of the year this is going to be considered a quality victory you know over a oh, quality yeah. team yeah
1: more than likely and i know that you know the vikings had a had the luxury of having the lead for basically the entire game um a team that might have struggled a little bit though
0: Sean and his Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Let me tell you a tale of two stories.
1: It's
0: a tale of two, Sean.
1: When the fuck did
0: we get ice cream? First half, Sean. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Second half, Sean. That's what I fucking thought. <laughs> oh. I literally had I've no voice at the end of that game. I was wound up. The from the the first touchdown, I don't know if you guys saw this, the Vernon Davis touchdown.
2: I did. Yeah. It was Where unbelievable. The,
0: it was Sendejo, God bless his heart. I think he's still dreaming of Garrett Blunt running him over, but he collided with another defender. I think it was Avante Maddox, and Vernon Davis just hopped over both of them. He's like a hundred and ten years old. So after that I was like, okay, we got this. Whatever. Fluke play. And then it was 14 nothing. And then it was 20 nothing. And I'm just thinking to myself like these guys are so rusty. They're they're not in a rhythm. You could almost like Steve was saying about Atlanta, like the body language sucked. Like everybody just looked pissed off. And I, you know, I brought up the preseason stuff with the Falcons, with the Packers and the Bears. And I was questioning, like, in my head going, man, we got to talk about this on the podcast because all these guys who didn't play in the preseason are, you know, are not having good games. And somebody actually asked Doug Peterson about that. And he said he doesn't believe it at all. He doesn't believe the preseason affected him. He thinks it was they were so hyped up for the home opener that, you know, they were just so anxious and wound up. They couldn't, like, control their nerves and get a hold of themselves in. Second half comes out. The First of all, that first seven points the Eagles got in the first half. We all got the Deshaun bomb we've been waiting for. Oh, it was a thing of beauty. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that it took so long, but... When it happened, I was like, fuck yeah! That's cause... what we've been waiting for! Yeah, you called it, but you thought it would be the first play. So you knew it yeah. was going to happen. Like, everyone knew it was going to happen. But the kicker was... The Eagles went into the locker room being booed by the home, their home crowd. That's a big deal. And apparently, Doug did his spiel, Jim Schwartz did his spiel. You know, they talked to the players... And then apparently Lane Johnson and Deshaun Jackson both stood up and said something to the team. And I guess Jackson was fired up. And he motivated those guys. And they came out. And I'll tell you what. In the second half, Carson looked like 2017 Carson. He was absolutely dealing. I just want to throw this stat out here to start. On third down, Wentz was 12 of 13. For 197 yards and two touchdowns. Mm.
1: That's In, huge for them, too, because the last couple of years, they've really struggled to pick up those third year, down plays. Last
0: year, they struggled. In 2017, they were on a historic pace similar yeah. to this. So, just to see, you know, Carson's trusting his body. I mean, he's trusting his receivers, and he's—what is nice is, you know, again, one-game sample size. We can't judge the whole season— But it seems like he's maturing in the fact where he doesn't get stuck on, you know, his read downfield. If it's not there, next one, it's not there. He threw a lot of checkdowns early. And to me, it just showed that, you know, they're coaching him and he's learning. And these are all going to be, you know, this is scary for other teams. It should be because Deshaun has not lost a step and you have to fear that deep ball now. And that's scary Not only because Deshaun's speed, but now you have to, you know, possibly have a linebacker on somebody like Ertz or Goddard. Alshon now has one on one coverage. I don't know how you game plan for a team with this many weapons. Like, it's almost similar to the Patriots, where they have all those weapons now. It's going to be so hard to game plan for these guys. I really
1: like the way that Doug called the game, though. Like, the success wasn't there early on. And it kind of looked like they were struggling, but it was just like you said, they're they're coaching Carson up to just take what the defense is giving you. And then once Doug saw those safeties sneaking up, he was like, all right, we're going deep. And they nailed it. And then, you know, a couple drives later, you know, they're dinking and dunking down the field. Doug. All right, let's go deep again. Boom. Once again, like (laughs) if you give Deshaun one step, it's over and you know they did it twice <laughs> like come on if you give him it's like one the Giants he takes punting three. the ball to him yeah
0: and you know it i i have to remind myself that you know Deshaun Jackson's probably not going to catch 2 50 yard bombs for touchdowns every single game but the fact that they can score and you know the snap of a finger like one play they can score from anywhere on the field that's something that has never happened in the Carson Wentz era they've never had like Torrey Smith was fast, but he more often than not, the best you could hope for was like a P.I. penalty, which he drew a lot of, but he wasn't catching a lot of those deep balls and you know scoring. So to have Deshaun as the true deep threat is just going to make Carson so dangerous. But on the day, he was 28 for 39, 313 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He had a fourth touchdown pass that they're calling a rush because he threw it to Alshon and like right, I don't know, he's like three feet away from him. They're calling it a rush, I guess. It's just stupid. It a backwards pass.
2: Yeah, that kind of screwed me in fantasy. But, but.
0: but on the day, the team was 11 of 17 on third downs. at 65%. That right there kept them in the game. I wish I had the thing of what Carson, like, somebody posted a, uh, here it is, a play-by-play of his third downs. The first one was a third and 17 incomplete. Then as you go down the list, he had a nine-yarder to Jackson for a first down, third and seven, five to sprolls, third and 10, 51-yard touchdown, third and 10, <laughs> five-yard to Jackson, third and five, touchdown to Jeffrey third and 10, 53-yard touchdown. I mean, they had touchdowns on back-to-back third downs. And then their next next five third downs were all converted. One was a third and 15 with a 16-yard completion to Ertz, like you probably think they can't keep those numbers on third down up. But that was a strength for them in 2017. And when you have a play caller like Doug, you have to you have to kind of hope and think it's going to continue. I talk a lot about the offense. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was, anybody else find it weird that not only did Darren Sproles start, but he had the most touches of any of the backs? I did think that was weird. But then
1: again, I think that Doug just likes that matchup.
0: That's exactly what Doug came out and said. He felt oh, okay. like their package of plays with Sproles in the game could attack the weaknesses of the uh what the Redskins were trying to do. It just yeah, oh, nothing was working
1: did. early. It was nice though like seeing him get some space. Like when they got him out in space, it was vintage Darren Sproles like
0: he's dancing all over the place and I was Ducking just like how people. how old is this guy? <laughs> the one thing that I didn't like from from Doug's play calling was they had a third and one at one point, And Jordan Howard's not in the game, first of all. Second of all, they threw a toss play to Darren Sproles, which he received the ball seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. Seven. So now he's got to get eight yards. The play was just a mess. It got blown up. That That's not going to work. You got to have Jordan Howard in there just to bang in those... I mean, he was super effective. He was averaging over five yards a carry. Nope, excuse me. He had 7.3 yards per carry. He had 44 yards on six carries. And every time he touched the ball, he was a madman. So I'd like to see Doug just be a little... Try not to be so cute with Sproles. I don't mind if he's in there on third down, but that toss play's got to go in the trash. Oh, and another thing. Carson Wentz sneaking for first downs. I am here for that.
2: Are you? Because that I don't seems know dangerous. why teams.
0: Tom oh, Brady Tom is Tom Brady's staple. He's, <laughs> he's com- never gotten hurt on that. I was gonna say he's converted like two hundred plus in a row. Yeah. Carson and Doug, they need to. This needs to be a thing. Like third, fourth, and short. They did it from their own thirty something. <laughs> That first drive of the third quarter, Doug was like, no, we ain't going down like this. Yeah. Ball's out. All right, I got to talk about the defense real quick, and then we'll move on. Um, Jim Schwartz obviously hasn't changed anything on this defense, and that's troubling to me. We have corners who play, you know, play decent, and they're good corners, but they rely on the, the help. And when they put them on an island... I mean, Rasul got burnt by Terry McLaurin for that long touchdown. And then Sidney Jones got burned by him again in the second half. But Case Keenum overthrew it, luckily. I just hate the way they play 100 feet off the damn line of scrimmage. Like, Especially, there was that third and long. They had just got the Redskins out of field goal range. I don't know if it was a sack or whatever. Sacker, a penalty. And then it's third and long, and they play Sticks defense and give up all this cushion, and they get the ball right back into field goal range. Like, what What was the point of that? I hate Sticks defense. It's dumb. Uh, that was the uh,
1: Texans did it last night, too. Like, you, you just got a lead on two amazing plays, and then. What do you do? You play 15 yards off the ball and allow them to get in the field goal range. Like it, that's a losing defense right there. No but I, doubt.
0: I have to give the defense a credit where they deserve it. The it's been incredibly hard the last 3 4 years to run on the Philadelphia Eagles. We the Red Washington Football team. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> they're not super talented. Like they're not very deep. But we did want to see Darius Geis coming into this game off the ACL. I mean, he had all the potential in the world. He was a stud at LSU. Supposed to be comeback player of the year. Yeah, right? 28 yards rushing. That's how much Washington had. I mean, if you want to make a team one-dimensional, you'd think that would have produced more quarterback hits, sacks, interceptions, anything. But unfortunately, the pass rush just wasn't there. I mean, they had one sack by Timmy Jernigan, and that was more of a coverage sack because it took forever to develop. But, you know,
2: the defense is.
0: Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. If you can, you're supposed to be able to limit a team like that and just let your defense, you know, go off on the quarterback. But, you know, Oh, Jesus, Ronald Darby with that dropped interception that hit him right in the chest. Mm-hmm. And and then he had another one where he was like in pass breakup in the end zone and he just should have come down with the ball but it didn't. It, he's great cornerback. I don't know if he can catch football. Sucks. Those are the things that you know, a great defense, the Vikings, capitalize on. The Titans, they capitalize on those. You, When the ball hits your defender in the hand, you've got to come down with it. You have to capitalize. I just think the defense needs to get better or else we're going to be in a situation where Carson's got to score 30, 35 points every game. And if you notice by the Houston Texans, by the Rams, that kind of game doesn't always work out for you. All right, before we move on and collectively hashtag get baked,
2: I felt real bad watching this game. You know that last touchdown they got with, like, four seconds left? Trey Quinn. Uh, I felt oh, bad. I felt bad. He caught the ball, and then he didn't even celebrate. He's like, yeah, we're down. We're going to lose anyways. Cool. And I was like, oh, poor guy. So maybe next week he'll snag one early, and he can he can celebrate that one.
0: Can we just talk about how bullshit
2: that backdoor cover was? (laughs) I knew you said I was a little bit ahead of you on my broadcast, so I was just waiting for you to respond.
0: So dumb. Why? Uh, Like, Jim Schwartz is just like, all right, we're just going to let him walk down the field and score. Or you could just take the ball away and end it. Give your defense something to, you know, be pumped about going into next week. I digress. The Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns played a football game, you could oh, call the, it. The Titans played football. Yeah. Well, I'll, no. The Titans and the Browns played this game. This And this game won't even be remembered for what it should be remembered for. And that's the Browns having 18 penalties for almost 200 yards. That just... The flags were flying in this game, but that can't happen in professional football. Like I don't know, maybe it's the preseason Rust stuff we talk about. But it was yeah, that's just
1: concerning to bad. me. Cause it you wonder if it's a, a product of, you know, Freddie Kitchen's system and the way that he runs the team. Cause it just looked like they lacked discipline all over the field. So, I mean, with all the hype behind him and a Commented a couple times with, you know, the personalities and stuff, it can kind of get away from you. So, hopefully, this is a teaching point moving forward. Uh, that this right here, what was the uh, the podcast title for the Browns podcast? You said, I ran out of ammo shooting my own toes off.
0: Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Like, yeah. Locked up. Basically,
1: it. Yeah. You can't, you can't have that happen. And you, you'll never win a game doing that. So, they need to improve on those penalties uh,
0: greatly moving forward. Yeah, and you look at the box score and you see the Titans win 43-13 to and you're like, oh man, Cleveland, they got smoked. You know, they sucked. No, it, it was actually a really close game. I mean, it was a one possession game, I think, going into the fourth quarter. And then Baker has three interceptions. Some his fault, some not really. Bound You know, a bad tip. Every single one of those landed the Texans on a short field, and they just converted every single one of them to a touchdown. You went from, what was it? 22 to 13 in the fourth quarter. And then Baker has a pick. That turns into four plays, 30 yards for a touchdown. Baker throws a pick, four yards, 34 Four plays, 34 yards, touchdown.
2: Yeah, not good. Well, his first pass of the game was almost a pick.
0: I mean, they can't let
1: him, you know, for as mobile as he is, like they can't let him continue to get hit. Because that's where he's going to be bad. Like, before they start getting a lot of pressure on him, you could see, you know, the progression from his rookie year to now. Like... He's, he's moving around to step up into the pocket. He's not moving around to try and run out of the pocket. Um, so then, you know, when the offensive line starts to that he gets hit seven times, sacked five times. Like, you can't have those things happen in order for them to have success moving forward. Because if he's sitting there, you know, with happy feet wondering, you know, who's coming from where on this play, then you know it's going to be disastrous cuz he's not going
0: to be confident in in the throws that he's making. And one thing that's going to hold this Browns team back is that offensive line. They have they have tons of weapons. They have Nick Chubb, they have Odell Landry. We all know the weapons and Joku, you know, Baker has shown he can sling it. I mean, there were points in this game where he looked really good. But that offensive line is so bad that he's going to have to improvise. And being as young as he is, I feel like he may try to do too much. And that's just going to be the downfall of this team is, you know, they're trying to prove what everybody thinks they can be with the talent, but they still need the time to gel. And if they're trying to gel with that bad offensive line, it's just going to complicate things. It's going to be really, I mean, our projection of the Browns being a potential playoff team has to be, you know, harnessed in a little bit, I think, because of the offensive line play. And we can throw the disclaimer out there. Again, it was week one. You know, this could be a totally different Browns team week two. But just based on what we saw from that offensive line against the Titans defense, that that just lines up for someone like Baker to get hurt. Yeah, they were
1: earlier in the game. uh, They were, the offense was looking, you know, pretty pretty decent. Uh they had called, you know, a very balanced uh offense up until that point and I think when that game starts to get away from you in the fourth quarter, it's like you know, whether it's it, I mean, it's probably a combination of the play calling and Baker just trying to do too much and you know, three interceptions in the fourth quarter is not going to win you anything, but you know, like some of these run plays that they had were just brilliant. Like they had a nice end around to Landry uh I think Duke Johnson's only carry was like a thirteen yard run. Even Nick Chubb was averaging over four yards a run. Like the run game was working for them and then they had to get away from it because they started to play catch up and you kinda wanted to go in the opposite direction where, you know, get Baker throwing early to you know, or establish a run to get Baker to throw early so that it keeps you in the game and then you can rely on that on that running because like you said, with the protection of this offensive line, you know that's not not going to be your forte playing from behind this season. So, I said they were going to be a, a wild card team, and I still believe it. Like this, I think they they have a lot to to learn and a lot to figure out, but I do think that they have that potential above a lot of other teams in the AFC to be, you know, like a, a nine and seven, a ten and six team this year.
0: We also didn't mention that. At some point in this game, their starting left tackle was ejected for kicking someone in the face. Yo, fuck can't that can't do guy. that. <laughs> Fucking dummy. Just gave him a little flick. No. Just the gave him in the face. There was a
1: few guys that got kicked out of games week one for doing stuff like that. There was one in the Chiefs game, too. The guy threw a punch, didn't he?
0: Oh, wow. Miles Jack.
1: That. Yeah, that's who it was.
0: Yeah, Fucking and then did you, my wife pointed this out to me. It was great. Did you notice when he was ejected? They made him leave the field, and he did that thing little kids do where he yeah, just like went limp. limp and made him drag him. <laughs> yeah. No. Like you thought he was
1: just going like to sneak between them and then run after the guy?
2: That's so funny.
1: It's like, be a professional, man. You You did something you knew you shouldn't have done, and take it.
2: Get off the field. That's like the kid in kickball. That's clearly out, but he won't get off first base. And He's like, no, I'm staying here. I was safe. Like, yeah, all right, didn't whatever. You didn't hit me. Joey doesn't count, but he's going to stay on first.
0: Oh, my God, guys. Ghost man on first. Breaking news. Oh, my God, guys. Breaking what time news. Is Breaking news. It's all time. Hit <laughs> it. <laughs> Studs and duds, studs and duds, it's all time for studs and duds. That's right, it's all time for studs and duds, guys. Your favorite part of the program feels good. It's brought to, to you by Carl's Cooter Cleansing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Soupy Sticks, you got a stud for us? Dude, Lamar Jackson,
1: baby. All Lamar. I talked about this in the open. Uh, 324 yards for five touchdowns. He did that on 17 completions. So, one of my duds that doesn't need to be mentioned is the Miami Dolphins, but they just putting up a garbage team on the field. I feel so bad for anybody that roots for that team. But yeah, Lamar was slinging it. I mean, I, I did not expect him to do that at all. If you told me, hey, by the way, week one, Lamar Jackson's going to throw for 324 yards and only run for six. And they're actually going to pull him out of the game
0: Five for Robert touchdowns. Griffin
1: III. <laughs> I was like, what?
0: Five passing yeah, touchdowns.
1: Even, even RG3 had a touchdown against the Dolphins. Yeah, I think what he was the like
0: fuck? perfect, too. Completion to attempt. Yeah, six for six, 55 and a touchdown. And That's you know what?
1: 99.7% uh, quarterback rating. Now, I never thought Robert Griffin... The third was going to outlast Andrew Luck in this league, but here
2: we are. Unreal. Steven James. What's good, Daddy? Hey, I'm going to give you my stud, but then I want to give a an honorable mention afterwards. The first stud was Sammy Watkins. Nine receptions, 198 yards, three touchdowns. These are Madden numbers. And we we were asking at the beginning of the year... Mahomes and the and the Chiefs are they going to be able to pick up where they left off? And it seems like, like absolutely they are. My yeah, honorable Tyree mention was Tyreek Hill
0: went down with another shoulder injury,
2: and that's what makes it so so big. Is like Sammy wasn't there last year. Now Tyreek went down, and he steps up immediately, improves. Like we don't have to miss a beat. Like I got this. My honorable mention was uh, DK Metcalf with his
0: pacifier mouth guard. I just wanted to <laughs> shout that out because I thought that was great. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my first stud is, of course, a homer pick, but it also, a member of the undisputed era as the undisputed deep ball champion of the world, Deshaun Jackson, baby. Come on, man. 154 yards receiving in your return to the Eagles. Two Deep ball touchdowns of 51 and 53. First of all, can we go back to that second? You did you both see the game? Yep. Okay, that second deep ball touchdown to Jackson it was the 53 yarder. Did you happen to see the like replay of that when Nelson Aguilar was also wide open on the other yeah, side that. of the field? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Carson literally could have thrown it to either one and it was easy money. But Deshaun Jackson balled the fuck out, so he's a stud.
2: Steve, you mentioned uh, Lamar Jackson, and I wanted to bring up our group chat. So the games here on the East Coast, they start at 1. At 1.52, I texted you guys and I said, Lamar Jackson is 7 for 7, 143 and three touchdowns. That was 52 minutes after the game started. <laughs> oh, you want to hear a funny story so about that? <laughs> Go.
0: You know how... I like to go back and watch the games on Game Pass. Well, I watch yep. the condensed versions for some of these. Like, I'm Just watching like the condensed. Real. Well, no, for real, I'm watching the Falcons and Vikings, and I happen to look down right at the beginning of the game, and I was like, oh, Baltimore!" Every already scored, and you know because it's a condensed version, it snaps to when they're at the line again. Yeah. And every time Baltimore went by, they had more points. Like literally <laughs> every time, it was insane. So
2: doesn't stop <laughs> like it doesn't points
1: in week one. That's insane,
0: unreal. Didn't they
2: blow out the Bills week one last year, too? Nathan Peterman incident, <laughs> probably. Uh, probably,
1: yeah. <laughs> hey, well, I, had an- I had another stud, yeah. Uh, Mr. Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans 19 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown was an absolute beast every time he touched the ball. Had a couple
0: like, brought back due to penalty, too, that yeah. he got ripped off on. But, like, that guy,
1: watching him run, it, it's not fair. He's so big. <laughs> but he also had a 75-yard reception for a touchdown, which uh, reminded me of the 99-yard rush he had last year. That was literally um, the first play of that drive, too. Yeah. Um Like, I didn't expect him to be such a huge weapon uh, for them this year, but... I, it, it appears as though they want him to be the workhorse like Dion Lewis only had 3 carries the whole game so he got a lot uh, of garbage
0: time work yeah
1: so shout out to uh Mr. Derrick Henry having himself a game all right
0: my last dud then stud we're going to go back to that stud no, stud I <laughs>
2: you're doing this again
0: <laughs> did i say dud yeah you did 100%. say dud Don't say Dud. It's a tradition. My unlike any other Dud is Mr. Hollywood Brown. The guy Mm. only played twelve snaps, twelve snaps, but he had two monster touchdowns. Talk about taking advantage of your limited playing time, making an impact on your team. You come into your Damn. first ever game. You get 12 snaps. Okay, he only got five targets, but he reeled in four for 147 and two touchdowns. His longest was 83 yards. Lamar Jackson is supposed to be a running back. Not bad. What for world him. are we living in?
1: Yeah. how was that for a running back?
0: <laughs> I love that quote, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I go on a quick side tangent, real quick? For everybody I mean, listening, um, I went into my fantasy drafts with this mindset that I'm going to take Carson Wentz and Lamar Jackson as my quarterbacks. Nice. And then I'm going to play matchups. I, I have them both in you know, one of my work leagues. And then I tried to get them both in my family league, which you're both a part of.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there.
0: So Steven drafts Aaron Rodgers way too early, like a homer. And then one pick in front of me, the motherfucker <laughs> comes in and takes Carson Wentz right after drafting Aaron Rodgers.
2: I only took him because he was on the board. And I was like, he I not He only don't even took care. him <laughs> to
0: be a fucking dickhead. And, and I said, it's a dickhead. Guess who he played week one? Carson Wentz. What's the difference
1: between the penis and the dick?
0: (laughs) Fuck you, miss. For real, though. He plays Carson Wentz over Aaron Rodgers week one. Dumb. Dumb, right? But the fact that he took Carson pissed me off, and I timed out and ended up drafting Miles Sanders because he was the only one in my queue. (laughs) Because I was so fucking mad.
2: Dude, your wife was like, he's really mad. And I was fucking
0: pissing myself on the couch. <laughs> I was fucking livid. Mad but goes, anyways, boom, so, there it is. so I ended up getting Lamar. And thank God, because I started him and his 44 fantasy points propel me to a week one victory. So, Steven, thanks for being a douche. It backfired. Carson,
2: thanks for winning. So did I.
0: Now let's get to the duds. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, first,
1: first dud for me. I'll just go out here and uh, let you know that the Houston Texans offensive line allowing uh, Deshaun Watson to get hit 11 times, sacked six times in the game on Monday night against the New Orleans Saints. You. Got to protect this guy if you want to go anywhere, boys.
2: It's only week one. 11 times. A
1: lot it's unbelievable. Like, their only response to their offensive line issues was <laughs> trading for uh, Laramie Tunsil from the, the Miami Dolphins, who trade away their best offensive lineman for why. I don't know. But he got beat a couple times. They just, like, they had no, you know, at times just absolutely no coordination between any of them and you can't have him you can't have Deshaun Watson running for his life all year you know expect him to stay healthy or for you to win you know
0: enough games to get you to the postseason so yeah well and I'll piggyback off that because one of my duds is Bill O'Brien because he's the GM making these decisions because they don't have a real GM they don't have one at all Bill O'Brien is acting GM so he's just trading away assets he doesn't understand value for you know, Laramie Tunsell's probably a top 10, I'd say, tackle in the league. He's very good, but the value for what he gave up is just not right. Okay. He lost that trade, yeah. but he also lost week one because of bad coaching. I mean, the play calling was questionable a majority of the game for the Texans. I mean, when it really counted, they had a two-play, seventy-five-yard drive in sixteen seconds to take the lead. But they yeah, ended up come on.
1: More the of that. defense
0: turns around and just you know completely boggles it. But why I have him as a dud is because in this game, like a tight, you know, closely contested game where you know clock management matters, the idiot calls a timeout. Okay. To have more time to, you know, review a play. Then he throws the challenge flag. Then he loses the challenge, and they charge him with a second timeout. You got to know, like, if you're going to call timeout, just challenge it. Because you're going to lose the timeout either way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're right, I mean, you make out and you don't even lose. You have all three left. But instead, because he called timeout, then challenged it, then lost a dumb challenge... He lost two timeouts over that. That's yeah, a that was, that's a complete mind fuck mess up by the head coach. You are like
1: me watching that game. I really honestly felt like the Texans weren't even in that game the whole time, and then all of a sudden that last drive comes out and they, you know, rattle off seventy five yards and two plays. And I was like, well, where? Why aren't you calling more plays like that? Like <laughs> you have extremely explosive receivers. And a quarterback that can absolutely throw the ball, you know, through the roof of the stadium. So, why aren't you doing more of that? They're like, they literally run desperation plays and they work out. It's like yeah. they need to pretend like there's a minute left in the game yeah. the whole game. The Saints are playing defense like we don't want to get beat over the top. And then they beat them over the top. Like that right there. Oh, my God. For yeah, they just, I mean, they screwed up that game
2: so bad. It should have been that happy Gilmore moment where he's like, oh, I, I should just get the ball in one shot every time. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: You want <laughs> to talk about something so much easier than putting. <laughs> real quick, maybe we can throw the whole referee situation in that game in here as a dud because, first of all, the refs were screwed going into that game because the crowd was going to hate them no matter what. Yeah, that's true. But the fact that they made uh, New Orleans have a 10-second runoff when the clock should have been at 46 seconds, not... Oh, yeah, they... Not 26. The, the first half. Yeah. yeah. So they lost 20 seconds on that, which would have... You know, they probably would have been able to get into field goal range, at least, you think. So
1: it was a... A play was challenged because it was inside of two minutes, right? Correct. Is that... And so it should have what should have happened is it, it should have gone back booth to booth review the, yeah with a booth re- with hey, a booth review it's uh, it's supposed to go back to the end of the play as far
0: as the clock is concerned Correct. and so and they, they didn't, didn't they didn't do that but you know what pisses me off that's a stupid fucking rule where the booth can initiate a review and then if they overturn some you know they change something they penalize the offense for that yeah that was fucking stupid. Like they didn't challenge and lose. Yeah, that was that was That's dumb. Gonna be fixed. Hey, Stephen, you got a dud? I had two, but
2: I'll just do one. I feel like the the Miami Dolphins are too easy, and uh, I had Baker Mayfield. So much hype going into this off season, dude. And I totally bought in. You know, we we talked about it's uh, it's week one. It's hard to judge, but. I'll Came argue this three one. Three INTs, man, and almost four when
0: he, his first pass hit two defenders in the hands. I I, know, some of I don't think those interceptions are on Baker. At least two of them aren't, in my opinion. He played well, relatively well the whole game. I mean, he was fighting against an offensive line that wasn't blocking for him. And receivers who were, like, popping the ball up in the air, like, as the quarterback, he can only do so much. I mean, he's Full trying to put those I guys to finish the game. Okay. Well <laughs> watch the end of the game, you fuck. Well, they didn't win, did they? Yeah. No. As
1: far as the stats are concerned, you know, the carpet doesn't match the drapes, so
0: Ah. I'm
1: <laughs> One more dud for me, and I'm going in our favorite spot in the NFL season. That's right. The Detroit Lions and the Arizona Cardinals played to a 27 all-tie. Wow. Like, literally, they wanted the the tie. The worst thing you've ever seen. (laughs) So bad. Nobody wanted to win that game. And I'll give a little shout-out because uh, Kyla Murray played way better than I thought he ever would, which is encouraging for me because he played against the Detroit Lions defense, which we'll be playing twice this year. Mm -hmm. But that... So uh, matching field goals in overtime And after that it was just like You can have it No I want you to have it No you can have it No No, I want you to have it Like, Why are you punting on 4th
0: down 4th and 7 on your own side of the fucking field In overtime With a minute plus left If you you don't get it Like you don't get it And they're gonna win or you'll tie But you have to at least try And go for that It's like neither one wanted to win yeah, these are two teams that
1: need this win. Like, they're in that position. They need this win. They're on the bottom side of their divisions, which, you know, you can say Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, is, you know, those three teams ahead of them, they cannot expect to win more games than, you know, two of those teams at least this year. So for Matt Patricia to just not be going balls to the walls and, in over time, and the same thing for the Cardinals, like, here you are, you're opening up your head coaching, you know, career in the NFL, and you just poop your pants, (laughs) and you decide... You know what that would have done for that kid and
0: that young team to get that victory when nobody thought it possible?
1: Yeah, I mean, it would have been great, especially at home, like, now you get the home crowd all hyped up, you know, everybody's all excited... That's Yeah, that's a big bummer. Um, We hate to see ties, and you definitely hate to see it in the first week of the season.
2: It's always nice when it's not your team, though. So,
0: Yeah. Hey, we always got next week, Steven. Yeah, let's look forward to that. All right, so I'm going to go through my last dud real quick. I was going to do the Falcons because they suck, but, you know, there it is. Uh, But my actual one is Zeke because he just got all that money – And he went 13 rushes for 53 yards.
2: Blew the roof off that place.
0: What a joker. What a smoker. What a midnight boob puller-outer. He's a dummy. Fuck him. Cowboys suck. Fuck Dallas. Fly goes (laughs) fly. I don't know. all right? All right. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) I'm just uh, fucking tired. (laughs) Anyways... Teams are three We're only and zero
1: fans, by the way.
0: JPP three zero baby. Hit us up on Twitter three and one if you are still listening at joint practices. I'm at eleven the goat. at J. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. My Twitter accounts at Stephen JPP in case. PP stands for Penis Puffer, and at the knock says on the Twitter bird. You can also email us jointpracticepod at gmail.com if you want to be on the show you can Steven tell him about it I need a nap
2: um yeah just send us an email I was actually thinking the other day that we could make like a google form because kind of Jordan kind of did that impromptu last time he was on because we like to do things like seven on sevens when Jordan was on he talked about the pats and that was dope um but if you are listening and you do like it give us a rating a review subscribe to the podcast Week ones in the books, the season's kicking off. Nothing but hot, Pod takes bean. And great content coming. Being po- <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I fucked up my own even thing. Do the joke right. I didn't even hear him open that single Angry Orchard either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he said we're three and zero. Oh. Technically, we're three and one because we picked the stupid team. You know, if we had the Chargers, if everybody would have voted for the Chargers, we would have had a clean yep. sweep. But we follow the Vikings. Come on, you like Shelly. Them. No, that's a staple in this
2: show now.
0: I fucked up the pot, Stuck with it.
2: <laughs> such a dummy. By the way, when I lost my train of thought earlier, I meant to say that Matt LaFleur was doing things we didn't have last year, like giving Aaron Jones the ball and getting Jimmy Graham uh, involved.
1: Uh. Jimmy Graham touchdown was surprising.
2: Yeah. The only touchdown of the game. I like to see him getting involved early. I just forgot to say that earlier mid sentence. Hey, if you
1: like to use the Twitter bird, why don't you use the hashtag week one? Didn't we use this one last week?
2: Yeah. (laughs) But this week we're doing Hey guess what (laughs)
1: Nobody tweeted at us So let's use the hashtag Week one (laughs) We might even use it In week two If nobody talks to us Wait until our Pro Bowl episode With the hashtag Week one (laughs) Hey let us know That you're listening Kinda sorta maybe Uh, You know We'd like to hear From anybody That uh, likes to uh, Talk about The old football there Like Sean said earlier Hey maybe you wanna Come on and be On your own episode Huh Huh Maybe we'll go to dinner, talk about football over dinner, huh? Maybe. We'll do it.
2: It's all up <laughs> to you though. <laughs> Why don't you tweet
1: at us. Email us. Snail mail us. You can send a snail mail to Steven at peppermintisland.com. Hey but that being said, boys, we're all wanna know. Skull Vikings.
2: OPACO. Oh,
0: Bye. Get beats!